0: So let's get right into this today. I've got some things burning in my heart, and I want to try to get it out in a timely fashion. So go into the book of 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 19. This was not my original direction this morning. God changed it literally about seven minutes before I walked out of that door. So we're just going to kind of, we're going to ride the wave of what he said. 1 Kings 19, and and Cameron, where's Cameron at? Cameron, keep an eye on the... Temp, I'm, I'm always hot, so if it gets hot in here, you hand, y'all, everybody's nodding, so it's hot. So y'all, everybody, watch Cameron come right on up here and change the, change everything over to the air conditioner. <laughs> high five, everybody's high five on Cameron. Yeah, turn the air conditioner on. <laughs> it's like the guy with the torch in the Olympics running through. All right, First Kings chapter nineteen. First uh, <clears throat> Kings nineteen. We're going to start at, at uh, verse nineteen, chapter nineteen, verse nineteen. If you get there, say Amen. Chapter, First uh, Kings 19, 19. So he departed, speaking of, uh, speaking of Elijah. So he uh, departed thence, I'm reading the King James, and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him. And he was with the 12th. And Elijah passed him by and cast his mantle upon him. And he left his oxen, <clears throat> he ran after Elijah, he ran after the prophet, and said, let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and mother. Let me go tell them by, because he knew what that meant. Let me, tell, let me go tell my family by, and then I will follow thee. And Elijah said unto Elijah, go back uh, again, for what have I done to thee? Verse 21, and he returned back from uh, him, and he took a yoke of oxen, and he slew them. He boiled their flesh with with the instruments of the oxen and gave unto the people, and they did eat. Then he arose, went after Elijah, and ministered unto the prophet. Now, there's a a lot to unpack in what happened here. And I'm going to do my best to, to tell you what I feel the Lord's put in my heart this morning. Basically, you have a man that is doing everything in his life. The natural way. Everything was going according to plan. The Bible says that Elisha and his family had 12 yoke of oxen. Uh, that he was in the field plowing with 11 and he was on the 12th. Now, what a lot of people don't understand because we're not, we're not in the agricultural society like we were then. We're more industrial now. Uh, matter of fact, we've moved away from industrial more into technological. So we're losing what a lot of these stories mean. And what it's saying is this, it's saying that he was running the family business, okay? He was running 12 yoke of oxen. He had a crew, and there was 12 other crews. Now, those crews were ox, but they were crews. Now, he was running the family business, and you have to do a little research to understand, but when you have that many crews going on, you got a prosperous business. He's doing very, very well, and But let me explain something to you. When you're doing very, very well, it doesn't mean you're necessarily doing God's will. A lot of time, especially those of us in the faith movement, we will equate money and success to are you in God's will. And that's not how this works. You know you're in God's will by hearing him, obeying what he said, committing to it, and succeeding through it. Now, that doesn't mean God's going to leave you out there to starve to death. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there is a place where you have to know that success is on the inside, not the outside. And when success becomes clear on the inside, the outside begins to line right up with everything. So what he's doing here, and Cameron, if that gets too cold now, because I can already tell people shivering in here. I'm fat and hot all the time, so I don't ever know. I just tell by the teeth chattering. And he returned back from his ox. He took a yoke of ox. He slew them. Now, look, he said to the prophet, now let let me just kind of paint this picture. This man... Is successful, he's got money, everything's doing well, everything's going fine. And a prophet, now you gotta understand in that day and time, they knew who the prophet was, most famous people in the country. The prophet of God, and we're talking about Elijah, the man, the myth, the legend, you know, that guy. It's like Hulk Hogan for some of y'all. Just saying, just saying. But he comes walking up through his field. No respect for what he's doing, just walks right through you. I, listen, I don't know about y'all, but when my dad was alive, he had a garden. You didn't walk up in his rows. And he just walked right through there like doing nothing and threw his mantle upon him. And Elisha knew at that moment his life had just changed. Now, let me explain something to you. When God's called you to something supernatural, he's never going to ask you to walk into it naturally. Y'all hear me? If he's called you to something supernatural, he's never going to ask you to walk into it naturally because it's too easy if you can do it in you. You've got to be willing to move and go into a place where you're willing to do what he's asked you to do. Now, Elisha knew Elijah had just changed his life under the will of God, and he didn't know how to operate it. He runs to this guy, and he says, hey, let me go, let me go kiss my mom and my daddy. Because let me explain something to you. If this guy's making millions, and he was, he was, but yet God intervenes. He's still thinking naturally I have to do things a certain way, but somewhere in him, he was tired of seeing the same thing every day. Now, we think, oh, I'm just tired of dealing with these kids. Or I'm tired of fixing this air conditioner. Or, I'm tired of building houses, which is what I did. Or I'm a carpet, I've got a carpet cleaning business. I'm tired of cleaning carpet. Uh, Sam practices law. I'm tired of seeing the judges. I'm tired of dealing with these. You know, all this stuff. But here's the thing. He was looking at the back end of an ox all day, every day. And you don't think for one minute he was tired of his view? Now, he had money, but that's what he looked at every day. So, so <laughs> when somebody comes up and changes that, he's ready to go. But he didn't know how to operate it because he followed the man and said, let me go tell my family bye. And Elijah said, what, what, do I, I did, what have I done to you? Basically, he's saying, you have no idea what I just called you into. You have no idea what's about to happen to you. Elisha, being smart enough to realize that he has to end his connection with what was holding him to what was natural. Verse 21, he returned to his ox and the instruments, which was everything he used to make his money. And the Bible says that he took the ax out and killed that thing. Now think about the other 11 guys. Keep going, boss is losing it, you know, that kind of thing. Let's keep working, we ain't working fast enough. But he's ending everything that's tying him to his old life. A lot of times, now, now y'all have seen this, if you've been in church for more than a few months, you've seen this. Somebody will get saved, come in, have a little charisma or a little talent, and, and me, I came from the drug world. And, and so, so immediately I started saying, ooh, God's called me to, to drug addicts. See, that's my natural mind trying to put something supernatural on it. There, being a prophet had nothing to do with oxes. This was completely new to him. Everything God will call you into will always be completely new. It will always put you in a situation that you have to trust him. That doesn't mean you go, listen, don't go home and shut your businesses down. That's not what I'm saying. But for him, he had to end this. He had to make the leap in faith over into this. We talk about faith as if it's something in the future. Faith is right now. And he had to make a choice that this man came into my life and this man chose me through the anointing of God. And whether he chose me or not, whether it was right or not, or was it God, was it me, was it the devil? All the things that we tell each other, he knew that the prophet was right. Something in here knew. So he does everything possible to end his old life and step over into the new life. Now, doing that takes a few things. I'm going to tell you what those, those things mean. You have to hear... Number one, we we, tonight we talked about hearing. We're not going to do that tonight. But he had to hear the man of God. Number two, he had to decide to follow him. And number three, he had to commit to following. And then that's how you become. Now those those seem like the same things. It's one thing to decide to follow. It's another thing to then commit to following. Because we, we talk about this all the time. I think I've said this in the last two services. April taught me this, that it's real easy to be submitted to a vision and to a pastor as long as you agree with me. The minute that you get your feelings hurt or you disagree with what we're doing, that decides whether you're committed to what we're doing. Because the truth is, is we don't set out to hurt anybody's feelings. but And, and matter of fact, we work real hard not to. But the truth is, some things have to be adjusted. And, and I don't know if you've ever been to a chiropractor, but when things are really tight, it hurts when it gets fixed. Now... Elijah knew this guy has got to figure this out. He didn't stop and preach him seven points. He didn't stop and tell him about the Lord. He, didn't, he just threw his mantle on him because he knew something inside of Elisha knew. You have to know when God speaks to you, that he's sending you to someone. Your job is to only sow the seed. You can't carry the weight of trying to get somebody better. Elijah could not carry the weight of whether Elisha followed him or not. Now, understand this. What people miss in this story is Elijah had just come out of the worst season of his life. He had called down fire from heaven If you don't know these stories, we really need to have some Bible studies and just talk about Elijah. He was, listen, I wish they'd make a movie about this guy. The things he did. He called out prophets of a false god. The fire ate them up. Just killed them all. And the water they dumped on their sacrifice, everything. Just destroyed them all. And then after this greatest victory, the Bible says that he beat them back. Y'all, they were miles out of town. They were in chariots. And the Bible says he outrun them. Some of y'all get in the Holy Ghost and run about two feet. He ran miles. My, my, I mean, leaned up with a cheeseburger when they come rolling in. I don't know if he had a cheeseburger running like that, though. Anyway, after the greatest, listen to me now, after the greatest victory of his life, one woman, one person who called themselves a queen. Now, we, we talk about Jezebel. We talk, about oh, that spirit of Jezebel, y'all have no idea what that means. That, that ain't just some, some person you want to call loose. The spirit of Jezebel means this. It means somebody projecting something they are not. That's what the spirit of Jezebel is. And she was projecting herself as a queen when she was illegitimate and her husband was still alive. She was not in charge. However, he was a weak king and he allowed her to be in charge. And she was going to have him killed for everything he just did. Now, he just obeyed the will of God and saw some of the greatest miracles that were recorded in the Bible. Outside of Jesus' ministry, he just saw some of the greatest moves ever recorded. And one woman, one woman ran him into a cave to where he went to hide. Now, in that cave is where he heard the still small voice, and I don't have time to break those three things down. But in that cave, he came out, God had promised him help. And all of a sudden, there's Elisha. All of a sudden. So listen, God is never talking to you about help that he's not already providing that heart in somebody else. It just takes you getting out of the funk you're in. Elijah had to get out of that cave and go find who God put in his life. He just went walking, just following the Lord, walked up into a farm, and hey, there he is. Now, Elijah knew, are y'all okay? Elijah knew he couldn't carry the weight if Elisha decided not to come. He just had to decide that he would send somebody else. Now, some of you and some of me (laughs) and some of us are so focused on people in our life, we're not hearing God. Well, you don't know what they did. You don't know what they said. I know the Lord told them to do this. I know they're supposed to be doing that. Y'all, I could name off 50 people that are supposed to be on the staff here that aren't doing what they're supposed to. Am I supposed to let that destroy what we're supposed to do together? Now, I have. I'm not saying that I'm perfect in this. I've sat at home and cried over people that didn't obey God and didn't get involved. But the truth is, the truth is, this is on God, not me. This is his church. You are his people. I've been given stewardship, and I'm very grateful for that. But this is his church. So now what I want to do is I want to to jump ahead. Go to 2 Kings. Go to 2 Kings chapter 2. Are you okay? 2 yes, Kings chapter 2 Now, we're going to start around verse 10. No, I'm sorry, verse 9. This is right after Elijah had split waters. And it came to pass that when they had gone over, that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you, and I'll be taken away from thee. Before I'll be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And verse 10 says, And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, when thou seest me, when I am taken, when you see me, when, when God takes me home, when you see me when I'm taken, it shall be done But if not, it shall not be so. Stop. Now, we're going to read a little bit more. But this is not to say that this was hard for God. Y'all, there's nothing too hard for God. This was to say, can you handle this? Can you handle what it takes? And if you read on, and you'll see, we reread verses, but what we miss is there's a lot of traveling. There's a lot of mountain climbing. there's a lot of cities he has to go to, and that Elijah had to stay super close to Elijah and serve him and, and lay down. You, no, not look. At the risk of sounding old-fashioned, you have to understand what it means for Elisha to serve Elijah. Elisha was a millionaire. He was the Zig Ziglar, the Donald Trump of his day. That's who he was. The Mark Cuban of his day, that's who he was. He was the man. And he had to walk away from all that and wash a prophet's clothing. Wash his hands, wash his feet, cook his eggs the right way. Make sure that his hair looked like it was supposed to look before he went before the king. He had to run out and get water and come on back. And y'all, that wasn't just turning on a tap. He had to be willing to stand in front of the prophet and fight off whoever was coming to cause the prophet harm. If God didn't step in and smite him, then he had to be willing to fight. There was more to this than just being close to him. That means Elijah was saying to him, I release you from your duty. Thank you for getting me here, but I'm going to be going soon. What would you, He was saying, thank you. What can I do for you? Now, do you think God was surprised when Elisha said, I want twice what you got? Yeah. Now, this shows the mentality of Elisha. He was a big thinker. That's what businessmen are big thinkers. They're idea guys. He knew. Hey, man. So, now let me explain something to you. Now, I painted this big picture of Elijah and Elisha. As soon as Elijah was gone, Elisha cried. He didn't say, man, I ain't got to scrape them corns off him feet no more. Oh, yeah, that's what he did. I ain't, ain't got to gnaw down him toenails, you know, that kind of thing. He never complained. He cried. Why did he cry? Because the person who changed his life, the person that introduced him to how things work in the Spirit was gone. <clears throat> he also cried. Not out of a heart broken because his, he called him his father, his spiritual father's son. Not because he was just mad or, or upset because he was gone. He also was crying because he was now entrusted with something. God, trust me. Now, let me explain something to you. At this, now I know we go in Old Testament 101, but just listen. You got to understand how grace works today through all of it. Elisha was not a part of the school or the sons of the prophets. He was an outcast. He had money, but he wasn't a part of the priesthood. But yet God chose him to put everything on. The people that were a part of the sons of the prophet actually would do everything possible to undermine the ministry of Elisha. So Elisha knew, not only am I by myself, I'm really by myself because the people I'm supposed to be with, they don't want me here. Now, that's a little bit of, that's this thing we call the type and shadow. Have you ever heard of somebody named the Apostle Paul? Wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Wasn't accepted with the disciples. Called him a murderer. Wrote two-thirds, performed more miracles than any other apostle, period. Went before kings stood before kings and preached Jesus, changed entire nations because he knew he had God with him. Because Elisha and the apostle Paul and now you, because of the blood of Jesus, get to say this one simple phrase, God, I'm in you. You're with me. I get to do this. I get, you you understand, you get to pray. You get to, hey, some of y'all, listen, you get to repent. Praise the Lord. You, you get to. This is not some religious fanatic way of looking at things that thinks, but you can just keep sinning and live. No, no, no. You, there is a standard, but that standard is achieved through repentance, not through Frustration. Repentance is like, God, I know I'm not there, but in you, you'll teach me how to get there. I know I'm not perfect, but you can be perfected in me. How do I say what you want me to say? We stop the miracles of God in our life because we think too much. Elisha could have ended everything when Elijah, he could have said, man, I'm I'm tired of washing this boy's underwear. Tired of it. Because you know how men are. It gets down to just an elastic band and a string, you know, just a... That's all I'm washing. Look at these socks, you know. There's a reason that's all we get for Christmas, by the way. <laughs> nice visual for y'all at lunch today. So he could have literally he could have said, I served my time. I'm going back. I'm getting some more. I'm rebuilding my business. And then and I'm going to be a king. In the, I'm going to fund the ministry. And uh, Today, that's what we would say because today, that's what we think faith is. We think faith is achieving money. Faith is achieving him. Amen. Now, you get with him, you're going to have money. That's not even, money should even, that's paper with dead guys' pictures on it. If you really knew how manipulative the system was, you wouldn't even play with it. But you, got it. you pay your bills and I get all that. But here's the thing, Elisha decided, he decided, he committed, he said, I'm going to do it. And he stuck to his commitment and God honored that to the point that he did double the miracles. One after he was dead. Yeah, have you ever done the research? Elijah did exactly double the miracles that Elisha did. Elijah. Elisha's bones were in a tomb. Just an open cave, really, because he died in the desert. Somebody just threw him in there. We'll come back and get him. A soldier was killed in a battle, and they threw him in the same cage, and he come running out ready to fight again. The man was dead bringing people back from the dead. Only God can do that. And we will preach, and we will scream, and we will shout, and we'll do all our things and call it church. But have we gotten close to that? Because in my opinion, that's where we're called to. In my opinion, I love all of you, and I'm so glad that you're here, but we're called to so much more. We're called to so much more than just showing up once a week and hearing me blab about stuff and, and, and struggle with sentences and, and make fun of things. We're called to being close to him, committing to him, deciding I'm going to follow. I get to do this. Whatever you tell me to do, I get to go do. And you get to say his words. Do all understand how powerful that is? That you get to say his words. Don't raise your hands. But everybody in this room, if you were honest, would say, I haven't prayed for somebody's healing because I feel like I sound stupid. It's real easy if you read his words. I'm learning that. I'm not knocking anybody for that. I just don't want to pray for somebody's deliverance. I just don't know how to do it. It's real easy if you just say his words. See, Elisha could do what Elijah did because he stayed close. We can do what Christ did. But well, we got to stay close. See, we come, we come to church. Let me, let me I'm just talking about my camp. We come to church and we get the fresh new revelation. People believe in God. And we go to the conferences. And those are good people. I'm not knocking that. Those are good people who have done great things in the ministry. But we take what they've done and we come home and we try to preach them and say this is what we're going to do. God didn't tell us to do that. We just saw a preacher do it. And we've built entire mi- You can go to a ministry with 20,000 people. Not one person healed. Not knocking that. Thank God they're saved. But at some point, shouldn't signs and wonders follow after those that believe? See, two weeks ago when that heavy anointing fell in this room, I got seven phone calls. Seven phone calls from people with with different all the things that were called out. Boom. Healings, and we're not the type of church that makes a show of that, so we don't invite you to the front to talk about it. But we do thank you for letting us know, because that means, so listen, so it's not easy to stand up here and call things out and people not respond. But when you know that you know it's happening. My daughter, I can only speak to my daughter. My daughter back there, she she, she ate Taco Bell. Y'all got to understand, that's a miracle. Because for two years, we even drive by Taco Bell, she's like, Ugh. God healed that gallbladder up. And there was six other things in this room, in this room that happened. And is that because I was here? No, it's because one people were in one accord and we worshiped together. We stayed committed, we decided, and we saw that is success. Are y'all with me? Because when you move into a place that you will allow God to use you, it ain't about you. People ask me all the time. I've, I've had TBN opportunities and I've had all kind of stuff. Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Because I went on TBN one time. I hated it. It was so fake. I'm not saying the people. I'm talking about I couldn't just do what I do because they, they had heard things and oh, why don't you talk about this? Yeah, but that's not what's in my heart. So you just want a TV show. Now, I'm not knocking that. I understand. I'm not, I'm not downing that. If that's, if that's their ministry, that's their ministry. But for me, it was not something I was willing to commit to because that's not the route God was leading me into. Because I would much rather be obscure and nobody know my name and people walk out healed. People walk back put together. Lives changing, marriages made whole, people being renewed in their mind. That's what I care about. Now, I want to say this and then I'm going I'm to try to land this plane. When we do What we do in this room We do what we do in this room In Christ And the minute that it becomes In Alan or in April Or in Drew or in Nate or in Blake Or in Kaylee We now have a problem It has to be we We cannot forsake Discipleship for fellowship Now fellowship is important But Elisha Had discipleship he stayed close to what he saw. You know why I'm convinced people walk away from church? I'm convinced people walk away from church because they're not seeing Christ. I'm com- if you ever see Jesus, you won't leave Jesus. Amen. You will not walk away from him. And he, he should be so on us that that's all people see. And when they talk about you, And they said, man, I met this girl. She don't work at Cracker Barrel no more. But when she did, I met this girl. Y'all, you just, Jesus, you just should have seen it. Heathens will tip that. You know why? Because she's treating them like Jesus would. Now, I just made that whole thing up. You might have been mean. I don't know. (laughs) I doubt it. But I'm going to ask you these questions, and I'm not asking you this to hurt you, but I do want this to convict you. When you're not in this room, what do people see? When you're at work, what do people see? When you're on the phone, when you're on Facebook, when you're hanging out, when you're at Walmart, praise the Lord, the third level of hell, what do people see? <laughs> I can tell you what they see. They see old Allen up in me. I'd get out I tell her, I'm in there five minutes. I got to go to the car. I can't stay up in here. I got. To, she she laughs at me. She used to argue with me. She's like, she would grab my hand and she was like, "You can be big enough to stay in here." Now, 20 years later, she's like, "Honey, you need to go to the car because <laughs> I can't be big enough to stay in." I'm sorry. That's I'm lacking in that area because people stupid sometimes. Amen. And I just don't understand how I don't understand how I'm not getting paid to check myself out. Why is that okay? But see, I can't let that get in my head because then I'm not Jesus-like because then I'll find a manager and she knows I will because I'm like, where's my W-2? I'm working. She, she sends me to the car. Like I'm a toddler. You need to go to the car. That's what she tells me because she loves me. She's like, she does it. She does. She's like, you need to keep your witness, honey. They need to see pastor. And why does that matter? Because if people come in here and they see me up here, but they've seen me act a fool in the parking lot at Walmart, they see the person. They don't see Jesus. And they may need the greatest healing in the room. Now, I'm not saying that you're perfect. We all make mistakes. We all have those moments. My Lord. Let me tell you all this story. I got a pastor friend of mine that has some grandchildren. And it wasn't the best situation. And... Uh the, the mother of his grandchild had left the father of his grandchild and had gone to, they were both in church, and all of a sudden she wasn't, and she had taken the grandkids around some unsavory people. And this particular pastor friend of mine calls me, and he goes, hey, I just want you to know I pulled a Pastor Bailey today. I'm like, this ain't good. This is not going to be good. And he gives me this big speech on how he goes to Walmart, and he buys a brand-new bat and walks up in that dope house and puts that bat on the nose of a young man and says, I'm a grandfather and I'll kill you and I'll preach tomorrow. And I said, why has that got to be a Pastor Bailey? He said, because you're the only person I know that would do that. Now, we laughed about it and the truth is, is he did do that, by the way. But he was protecting something. And he will be the first one to admit to you he should have protected them spiritually first. But his emotions got him. Now, now, now I will tell you this. Old boy came to church. Old boy didn't act up in church. He sat right there. Because pa- that, that pastor would just give him the eye every minute while he was preaching. Now, I said all that to say this. We're going to say and do things. It's going to happen. That is what grace was for. However, faith is for you to learn how not to fall to the same thing every time. At some point, you have to catch what catches you. Elisha refused to let anything that would catch him, catch him. He refused to allow the hangups of taking care of somebody. He refused to allow people to say, what are you taking care of that man for? What are you doing this for? What are you doing that for? I started my ministry as an armor bearer in a big church in Birmingham. I had people that I love dearly walk up to me and go, I wouldn't lower myself to carry a man's briefcase. You know what I said? It's an honor. Watch what God does. Now I'm three months out of being a drug addict and I'm standing around, I this may not be grateful to you, but I'm grateful I'm here because it was that seed That got me out of Alan's head. Because I thought two things. I wasn't good enough for church. And the only way I was going to get it was to be on their level. And God corrected me and said, I never called you to be on their level. I called you to be on my level. And on my level, I'm putting a man of God in your life. And you're going to serve him and learn how to manipulate, not manipulate, how to administrate the move of the spirit. I said that on purpose because in that denomination, there was a lot of manipulation going on. But this particular pastor in a sea of people that I was going to choose from taught me how to administrate properly. Pulled me in his office. Broke my heart. You remember? He said, he grabbed my hand just like that. He said, I love you and you have served me well. Get out. Yeah. Not, what, seven years I was armor bearer? Let me tell you something, if you ain't never got up early, got your kids ready, got to church two hours early, and kept your kids late, and them not eat all day long, you ain't never done nothing in church. Because that's what I was doing. And he said, get out. And then he said this, there's too much in you to be called in this denomination. And he said, I'm doing you the best favor I can do, and that's get away from this place. And I felt like I was thrown to the wolves. Three months later, I'm youth pastoring where I meet some of the most interesting people in the world (laughs) that have changed my life because I knew ministry, but I didn't know how to love. And I'm just going to tell this story. I walked into a youth group of kids. Pilar was there. She'll tell you this happened. Now, she was young. She couldn't even drive then and frozen chosen, Didn't, didn't like me at all. But I had a group of kids who hadn't had ministry come through and done so many manipulative and wrong and hurtful things to that group, they were so broken. And I thought ministry was preaching and laying hands on people. and then I saw these kids. Why would somebody under Jesus say that was OK? And I can't go into the details, but it was bad. There's a reason it took me a year to get under her, into her brain. It's because she'd never seen anybody that was real. And many of you have been right there, and so have I. But we, we gotta get in Christ. Elisha stayed in the covering of Elijah, not because it would further him in ministry, but because it's what God said. When you get back to doing things because it's what God said, now you've opened up an entire world. And this is my last statement, and I'm going to be done. When I walked in as a youth pastor, the last thing I wanted to do was deal with a bunch of kids. I had some at home. I had a bunch of them. Kids with attitude, too. Bad. You never made it into the youth group, did you? For just a, for a minute, yeah. You weren't one of the bad ones, though. You were still. But they've, they got in my heart. And I stopped saying, God, help me be a good preacher. And I started saying, God, help me help them. That's ministry. Y'all stand your feet with me. Bow your heads with me. Holy Spirit, help me help them. Just help me help them, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, bless you, Jesus. There's a love of the Holy Spirit just flooding this room right now. You you just feel the waves of the anointing in this room. Father, I pray for everybody in here that whatever whatever moment they needed out of Elisha's life, I pray that they receive it today. Lord, if we could just keep our eyes on you, it's not about doing double the miracles. I thank you for that story. Oh, I just pray that these people can understand Jesus came to show us how to do it. Just like Elijah showed Elisha. I pray that their eyes are open to the Gospels, that their eyes are open to the book of Acts, that their eyes are open to the entire New Testament. The Old Testament paved the way, but the New Testament showed us the way. So, Lord, I pray that these people understand that they have been given the authority and the anointing to lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. That they've been given the authority to cast out demonic presences in their life and the things around them. They've been given the authority to do what Jesus did. So, Lord, I pray right now that everybody in this room understand that they are a minister of the gospel, not a manipulator, but an administrator of the gift you've put in their life. Give them the boldness. If it's just one scripture, Give them the boldness to find a scripture and speak it over somebody's life. Because one word can change our entire life. And Lord, I pray that the boldness of who you are begins to grow inside of these people. They're so wonderful, Lord. I love them all so much. But I'm not their king, you are. And I pray right now, that you rest on them so strong. Just like Elisha, they know they have to break away from whatever it is that's holding them back from being fully yours.